Welcome to episode 51. How often do you feel stressed? In the morning? In your Monday meetings? All day? Do you even wake up stressed? Did you know that animals and bacteria that live in a stress-free environment die earlier than those that have a more stressful life, which seems a bizarre concept since we are all trying to remove stress from our lives completely to virtually a 0% success rate, I might add. (laughs) So, if you're someone that cannot remove stress completely for whatever reason, which is very normal, I might add, then this episode is for you because there are a few things you can do to get a handle on the impacts that stress has on your body, and there are plenty. So, let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another interview episode. As you might know by now, it's my personal mission to coach 150 individuals to create the healthy lifestyle that they truly want before the end of 2020. Now, I've got a question. Are you feeling healthy? I certainly hope so. If not, go and get a green smoothie right now. (laughs) Get that into you because that stuff is good. But I just wanted to say too, I hope you've been absolutely loving our episodes lately. We've had some really great guests on the show in recent weeks and months. And speaking of great humans, a little over two months ago, I was lucky enough to be part of a four-day retreat in Queenstown in New Zealand where I presented for all four days of the Ultimate Business Detox Retreat, which is essentially a holistic approach to optimizing business and of course... I was the health and nutrition expert. It was a huge success and I'm so grateful to have been on the bill as one of the coaches alongside some really successful people that have careers as long as my entire life. (laughs) So, they're an absolute wealth of knowledge in sales, mindset, media, finance and I really believe we created some huge internal transformations and I'm certain that the amazing humans that attended are all going to see massive increase in their capacity to conduct successful business and of course, increase their energy, focus and productivity through diet and lifestyle optimization, which was all the stuff that I talked about over the four days. Anyway, why am I sharing this? Because in just a few weeks, I'll be heading back. They've been so lovely and kind to have invited me back to speak at a number of workshops over a short few days. I'll be there for only two days, but I believe I'm speaking at four events, I think. It's not totally confirmed, but I believe I'll be speaking at four events in two days. Absolutely flat out. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity. And please, any New Zealanders that are on the podcast airwaves listening right now, please reach out to me via DM or via email. All the details are in the show notes below. And I'll see if I can't find a way to get you in the door at one of these events. And speaking of optimizing things, I would love to introduce you to Dr. Amir Rashidian, whom has degrees in science, chemistry, and biology, and also a doctorate in chiropractic. He's the founder of the Mid Atlantic Chiropractic Center, where the focus is helping people with their health problems through drugless solutions. And he has clocked up over 18,000 patient consults, which is just a staggering number, right? Right? Originally born in Iran, he was just five years old when Saddam Hussein's horrible war regime invaded Iran. But fortunately, a few years later, his father managed to get him and the family into the USA. And ever since, he has been doing some really great things for humanity in the areas of health and has also won awards as Business Leader of the Year and also Philanthropist of the Year. Honorable accolades to say the least. He is a very active speaker at corporate events, conventions, and he is also frequently interviewed by the local TV and radio. 
And recently, lucky for us, he is here today to drop some knowledge. So welcome to the show, Dr. Amir. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be with you. I'm a fan of yours. I've been looking forward to our conversation. I just know we're going to be able to create some good value for our listeners today. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I've been checking you out too and I just love the way that you talk about stress. Um, but before we get into the stress stuff, I just got a quick question. I hope you don't mind me asking. Um, I, I want to know what motivated you to provide a drugless service to people. Uh, it, it goes back to when, when I was still in Iran. I was uh, traveling with my dad through these remote villages in Iran in the foothills of the Elbors mountain range. And uh, my dad just wanted to show me how some of the others, uh, some of the underprivileged lived before we left the country. And in this one village, um, I was nine years old. My, we, a woman went into labor and she was in tremendous amount of pain and nobody knew how to help her. A midwife walked over and knelt down. She um, examined her, listened to her uh, belly and and stood up and said, I'm sorry, I can't do anything. There's no heartbeat. She's not going to live. I, I, and she, she just like remorseful, but but she left and, and she just walked away. And everybody else who had gathered around uh, one by one started to leave. And, and I was just looking into this young woman who was just told she's not going to live another few hours. And, and I started to have this uh, panic anxiety attack where your chest feels tight and you have trouble catching your breath and your throat gets all choked up and tears were coming down my face. Uh, it, it wasn't something I was used to seeing. And well, my dad saw me like that. He picked me up, he held me and calmed me down. And then we climbed down the mountain and got in our car to drive home. And on the drive home, I said, dad, I don't want to feel like that ever again. And, uh, you know, obviously he asked like what helpless, like there's nothing I can do. And um, the next question was, what are you going to do about it? So I said I was I wanted to be a surgeon, the best surgeon in the whole world, carry my medical bag with me everywhere I go. And I just wanted to save lives. That was going to be my life after that since the age of nine. Well, 10 years later, I, I was a, a student in, in um, George Washington University here in the States. And and um, I was getting ready to apply for an early selection program to see if I could start medical school early. And uh, I went home for a Christmas break and I saw that my dad had this big, thick, white neck brace around his neck and he was clearly under the influence of some heavy painkillers and he was uh, just limp and numb from the shoulders down. He couldn't lift his arms to even give me a hug to say hello. And we spent my Christmas break going from doctor to doctor trying to figure out what's wrong with dad. And every doctor we went to, they said, this is beyond my scope. You need to go see this other doctor. And finally, we ended up in a neurosurgeon's office. As you know, the, the neurosurgeons, they operate. They, they operate on the spine and the brain. And the neurosurgeon looked at my dad and said, you needed surgery yesterday. I can't believe you waited this long. Why are you waiting? And and that said, well, you know, I, I thought it would go away, which is unfortunately what a lot of people say when they have problems is they think that it'll go away. Um, so long story short, the surgeon said you needed surgery and we're going to slice you open in the back of the neck. Uh, we're going to break and remove the bones in the back of your spine to take pressure off the spinal cord. And then we'll put these plates in on the sides. We'll screw them into your spine. We'll fuse your whole neck. You'll never turn your head again, and you may not regain function of your hands again, but we're hoping you have less pain, and, and there's a chance you won't survive because you're old. Well, Dad was 70 years old at the time, and, and you know, in, in, in my philosophy, there's no such thing as age because you don't know how many years you have left, and that's our true age. So there's such a thing as an old 70 and a young 70. Well, my dad was the old 70. He hadn't taken good care of himself. 
we decided to get a second opinion, a third opinion, all three neurosurgeons. These are top-notch neurosurgeons. They all said dad needed the same surgery. They said, go get your affairs in order, come back in a week, and we'll operate. Well, when we left that third neurosurgeon, we got in a taxi, and uh, um, uh, in the back of this taxi, I looked over at my dad, and he was cringing, and he looked like he was in pain, and looking in his eyes, I could just tell um, he didn't want to live anymore. I mean, every bump that taxi hit was sending a bolt of pain through his entire body. And, um, you know, I, I started to emotionally transport back to that village where I watched that woman slowly die in her husband's arms and no one could help. And now I'm watching my own dad suffer and I'm feeling just as helpless as I did back then. As all this is going on, this taxi driver looked at us in his rearview mirror and he said, hey, uh, I noticed you're in a lot of pain and I know you asked me to take you home. But there's a chiropractor right down the street. Would you rather me take you there? I've heard he can help people like you. And I was a 19-year-old know-it-all. I didn't think there was any value to anything other than drugs and surgery. And I said no. But my dad, being the wiser one, he said, yeah, let's go see. So we showed up to this chiropractor's office, and the rest is history. He just kind of looked at the uh, MRIs and the x-rays and came up with a plan. And it was a pretty extensive plan. And it took a while. But, you know, literally six months after we had walked into that office, my dad was able to use his hand to write. And he was able to hold a pen. He was able to work. He was able to dress himself again and feed himself and, and be able to sleep in a bed lying down, which he couldn't even do before he had to sit in a chair at night, all night. Um, you, you know, basically that chiropractor gave my dad back to me and he did it without drugs. He did it without surgery. And it just opened my eyes to, to a whole different world. And, you know, it's a, it's a world that you exist in. It's a world that you introduce to your clients is, is yeah, you know, there may be times where you, you, you need to be on a medication or, or you might need to have surgery to save your life, but there's other ways. And we should really explore those before we resort to you know, chemicals and, and surgical procedures. You know, my, my dad, uh, he lived another 18 years after that. And I don't know if I would have had those 18 years that dad lived long enough to stand right next to me as my best man at my wedding. And he lived long enough to meet my first son when he was born. And, and it, it, it meant so much to me to have that. And I know what my, I have three sons. I know what they want from me is to take care of me so I can be there for them. And that's what it's all about. You know, for the, for, for our listeners, you know, the question is, when my dad was sick and hurting and suffering, was he the only one who suffered? And obviously the answer is no. Everybody who loved him suffered. And, and the reason I care about me and, and you should take care of your health and, and do the things that Maddie's recommending, which is natural prevention, where, you, where you're proactive and stopping things from even taking root, stopping these diseases from even starting is so you can be there for your family so they can enjoy you and your presence. And so that's what got me started on, um, you know, chiropractic. Wow, that's a really, yeah, really profound story. I really am grateful for you sharing all of that. And I, I couldn't agree more in regards to, you know, potentially you wouldn't have had those 18 years. I think especially when you know, people are so heavily immune compromised in their, you know, in whatever disease state they might be in, uh, pumping the body in that immune compromised state full of toxins. And that I always often, I always say, um, you know, the body interprets it, the information we put into it as one of two things, either nutrition or toxin. And yeah, it's a, it's a really, really an uphill battle for anybody in any disease state to introduce toxins, although the intent is therapeutic. The body's still going to interpret that information as toxic and destructive. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, and and you, you know, nutritionally speaking, which is what I, why I love your message so much is is there's two sides to that coin. Is you you have to address the deficiencies and you have to prevent the toxicity. And and you've got to approach it both ways. Unfortunately, some people who maybe don't have the the the, the counsel or the the coaching or the advice is they just go after deficiencies and start taking the supplements or or the nutritional products that that are beneficial to them, but they forget that toxic side of things. Yeah, I definitely agree with that way of thinking. I definitely come at it the same way. There's, it's you know, two sides of the same coin, and you need to balance both in order to get the result. Yeah, and you, you know, um, speaking about the stress that it puts on the body, you know, uh, a lot of uh, people, the minute you say the word stress. They instantly go psychological stress and they, they say, oh, yeah, I know. I know stress because I'm so stressed out. I, I know what stress was like. My kids were driving me crazy the other night or whatever it might be or, or, or my, my relationship is on the rocks or whatever. But stress comes in those three dimensions of life. It's not strictly purely psychological. You have physical stress. You have biochemical stress. So when we mention toxins, that's in the biochemical dimension of stress, which is one third of the equation. The other third of the equation is physical stress. So just like the chemical dimension has two sides to the coin, the physical dimension has two sides to the coin. And those two sides are exercise and rest. Some people overexercise. Some people rest too much. They're lazy, you know, but we've got to balance that and get enough rest. Uh, you, you know, you and I talked before we started recording about how much sleep we get. Well, yeah, it's critical. And and some of the things I, I like to talk about is how you sleep is sometimes more important than how much you sleep. Now, obviously, I'm not saying you don't need to sleep a lot. You, you definitely should get seven to nine hours of sleep. But you also have to sleep properly, uh, just like with when it comes to nutrition, uh, how you eat is just as important as what you eat. And then the psychological dimension, believe it or not, that coin has two sides to it, too, which means you do have to avoid toxic things that go in your mind, you know, avoid images that are going to cause that fight or flight response in your body, especially right before you go to bed. Uh, I recommend don't watch the news in the evening. You go into fight or flight, you get concerned about the people you're seeing on the news, and then you're trying to sleep. You're not going to be able to fall asleep. Imagine if a pack of hungry wolves are chasing you. Can you stop and take a nap at that time? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then, and then, but you also have to feed your mind with positive thoughts and positive relationships and people that build you up. And so if you just look at life in those three coins and understand that there's two sides to every coin, the definition of wellness is experiencing life, uh, experiencing health in every dimension, health and vitality in every dimension. But those are the three dimensions. And if you improve each dimension, by just a little bit, 1%, you'll experience great health. But if you just take one dimension and you stick to that, all you do is approach it from a physical standpoint. You, you, you take care of your physical fitness and you exercise and rest, but you're not addressing the biochemical and the psychological, your results are going to be minimal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if listeners take away anything from this conversation, even already, it's just that simply everything needs to be either detoxified and replenished with nutrition. There's two sides to every possible variable biologically. De definitely, 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 absolutely. And and so now when when you mix those together, like let's let's say you're you're about to sit down and eat a very nutritious meal. Uh, 
And and by by every standard, this meal you're about to have is complete in in every way. It's it's got everything you need, the right proteins, maybe the right fat and the right carbohydrates and all of that. But when you sit down to start eating, then you you open up your your laptop and you start also working while you're eating. And then while you're while you're working, you're getting upset because maybe you're checking the stock market or the or your bank account and something's wrong. And then while you're doing all that, you call an associate and you're talking business and you're putting food in your mouth. Well, your neurologic state is not conducive to processing food at that time because your nervous system jumps between fight and flight and rest and repair. Well, which do you think you should be in when you're eating? Obviously, rest and repair. That's that's the nervous system that where your digestion works. In fact, um, you know, for the athletes listening, if you were if you, you know, I was on the track team in high school. I remember before the big race, um, you didn't want anything in your stomach, and and before the race, you'd want to go over to the side and throw up just to empty your stomach because you're nervous about the race. Because two things shut down the minute you're scared or the minute you're in fight or flight. Digestion is one of them. The immune system is the other one. So when you eat, my recommendation is you're already putting good food in your mouth, but you got to do it in the right mental and psychological state, which means why don't you play a little bit of classical music? Why don't you put work away and sit down and just focus on eating. And in fact, if you say a prayer of gratitude before that first bite goes into your mouth, that state of gratitude puts you in fight or flight. Exhaling slowly puts you, I mean, puts you out of fight or flight. Exhaling, slow exhales also move you away from fight or flight and into rest and repair. I'm a busy guy. I, you know, like, like you said, we see a ton of patients. I mean, just yesterday alone, we had over 130 patients come through my office. And yeah, there's three doctors here who, who are helping those people, but we're busy. And every patient that comes in requires a bunch of paperwork that needs to be done as well. So my lunch hour gets condensed very, very uh, tight sometimes. And I may only have 10 minutes to eat. But I'm not going to be one of those people who grabs my food and tries to get as much of it into my body as fast as possible because my body would stay in fight or flight and I wouldn't process that food properly. So if I only have 10 minutes, I put work away. I know it's 10 minutes. I might even set an alarm that says in 10 minutes, I got to get back to work. But I'll eat as if I have all day to eat. And I'll eat slow and I'll calm down and I'll think about something positive. I may play some classical music just for those 10 minutes and I'll eat as much as I get into my body during those 10 minutes. And then I'll put my food away, get my work back out and start working again. Yeah, that's something I, I talked quite extensively on at the um, retreat in New Zealand that I spoke at because it was with business owners and I, I really tried to drill into them that, you know, stress inhibits peristalsis and, you know, digestion, all of that kind of thing and that, you know, all this running running around and eating on the go and, you know, having food in business meetings whilst your cortisol's high, your adrenaline's high, you're in, you know, in that fight or flight is doing your gut absolutely no favors at all or, or and, you know, it's, it's increasing the amount that you're going to store in body fat and all, all these types of things which are unfavorable for health. 
Exactly. I mean, that kind of stress not just makes you fat, it makes you stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because your neocortex shuts down as well when you're in fight or flight. Haven't you ever had, you know, you, you talk to college students, you know, uh, university students, they, they're walking in for a test. And this is a test that determines the rest of their life. And they're really nervous about it. They're about to walk into that exam room. And let's say they've studied for weeks and they're ready. I mean, they, they know they have all the knowledge, but they're a little bit nervous. And then as they step into that class, classroom where they're going to be sitting down to take that test, they trip on the doorway. That alone, that trip just a little bit because they were already in fight or flight nervous about their test can cause that neocortex to completely shut down. All of a sudden, that's the student who goes, I can't remember a thing I just studied. It all leaves. Well, the same thing happens. You're driving and you're screaming at the guy next to you because they cut you off or they won't drive the way you want them to drive. And you're releasing the same cortisol and adrenaline that you're talking about. And all of a sudden, their neocortex isn't working. Now their primitive brain is working and they can't think straight and they make poor decisions. And that translates to every other part of life too. I guess fundamentally, we're kind of talking about the impact of stress on the body. And you've just released a book, The Stress-Proof Life, which I think is awesome. Thank you. So, I guess for listeners, can you um, can you give us a, a bit about your philosophy, philosophy around stress? Because I certainly know that it's different to what most people might expect. So, picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, uh, let's start by defining the word stress, um, beca- because I, I don't think there is a clear cut definition of what that is. I call stress a force that causes change in your life. And and by that definition, you can't say it's a bad thing and you certainly can't say it's a good thing. Stress is neutral. Stress is like gravity. Gravity keeps our feet on the ground so we don't float away. Gravity keeps our cars on the road so they don't fly away. Uh, gravity, you might say, is a good thing. But then gravity is the reason you tripped and fell or and injured yourself. So then you might say gravity is a bad thing because it made me fall. But gravity by itself is just a force and it's neutral, just like fire. Fire can cook your food or it can burn your hand. Uh, money actually can be looked at as a force. Money can fund terrorist activity or it can put your children through college and put you in a nice house and and provide for your family. Is money good or bad? It it totally depends on how you use it. So stress um, 
can be exercise. You know, uh, I go to the gym and I lift some weights. And by doing that, I'm putting stress on my joints. I'm putting stress on my bones. I'm putting stress on my muscles. Now, if I do it correctly, that force can lead to what we call adaptation. The adaptation is I should get stronger. Just like when I go out for a run and I'm running, now I'm putting stress. And, you know, it's a force, right? Putting stress on my cardiovascular system, my heart and lungs. They, they adapt because I push myself just a little bit. And when I do, they adapt. And then I become more um, fit with more stamina, more ability to handle that cardiovascular exercise. Adaptation is key. Let's not focus so much on the stress. Let's focus on how we are adapting adapting to that stress. For example, you, you might have someone who has had a heart attack recently. And, um, you know, the doctor said, well, you, you're lucky to be alive. And that person will take that event, that situation, and they'll say, what do I need to do? And then they'll contact someone like you, Maddie, and they'll, 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 they'll come to you and say, I just had a heart attack. I certainly don't want to have another one. What do I need to do? And you start coaching them. You start telling them, hey, you know, in the physical dimension, uh, let's have you walking 30 minutes a day. Uh, um, in the psychological dimension, let's have you avoid some of these toxic things that you're watching or hearing or doing. And and in the chemical dimension, let's avoid some of these uh, toxins and, and let's feed your body with some of these nutrients. And 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 then a little little by little, you know, that person five years later is running marathons. And five years later, they look amazing. And five years later, when you look at their heart, there's there's no sign of placking in their arteries because, believe it or not, that can be reversed in the right situation. The human body is wise. It is smart, very, very, very intelligent. We call that innate wisdom, innate intelligence. The body only does what's good for you. So if it's releasing cortisol, that cortisol is sustaining you, maintaining your your livelihood. But what we do is we don't worry about the cortisol. We worry about the cause of the release of that cortisol. Eliminate that. Same with cholesterol. Cholesterol, believe it or not, also goes up when cortisol goes up because cortisol wants to mobilize triglycerides in your blood to be used as building blocks. If we get a big bruise, let's say I get hit with a bat on my arm and I have this gigantic bruise on my shoulder, let's say, that bruise means blood vessels were damaged, cells were damaged, and those need to be repaired. Well, cell wall of every cell is made up of cholesterol. So my innate wisdom is going to tell my liver, hey, why don't you release more, more cholesterol? And we need some of those low-density lipids, which you know the, the, the medical world calls bad cholesterol. So let's release some of that because that's going to be used to repair those cells because the cell wall is made up of all of those triglycerides and low-density lipids. And once the bruise is healed, my liver will lower my cholesterol back to where it was before. It's like a thermostat. So um, everything needs to be able to go up and down in adaptation to the stress that's in our life. Stress actually sustains life. They did a study where they took single-cell organism, amoeba, in petri dishes, they removed all their stress. They gave them the perfect life, perfect environment. They said, you can have, uh, you know, big flat screen TVs and tempur beds and, and you can have food at the best restaurants or whatever. You know, these are little organ, little bacteria. And all of them died early when stress was gone. 
when they introduced stress, that's what sustained their life. So we need to know that stress sustains our life too. Without stress, I truly believe we would die. So we need to measure and understand our adaptive potential. So we all have different potential to adapt and the body always adapts in its innate wisdom. You put a little stress, it adapts by a little bit. You gradually increase that stress, your body adapts more and more and more. I firmly believe that your level of health is dependent on how much stress you can handle. I'd agree with that. You know, if we apply it to just general life, your level of happiness depends on how much stress you can handle because you you may love your children, but if they drive you crazy, they sap you of your happiness. Uh, You don't have that. It's it's your ability to tolerate the stress. And then let's look at the um, uh, financial world or, or, or the, you know, professional world, how high you go in your profession, in your career, depends on how much stress you can handle. You've got guys who can manage 900 employees. You've got somebody who, you know, I only have 10 employees and, uh, and that's stressful for me. So that's my adaptive potential right now is I don't think I could handle more than 10 employees, but, but there is someone like Richard Branson who can handle tens of thousands of employees and his uh, adaptive potential is different. So the goal is to always grow in our adaptation. To so, so whatever stress you have in your life, learn how to adapt to it, then invite a little more so you can grow. And little by little, you learn to excel, not just in your health and fitness, but in life in general. So... So it's about the adaptive ability to be able to process stress, which makes total sense. But my uh, my kind of question or response to that um, is, isn't for a lot of the people that you and I both would probably see, isn't a lot of the damage done? So adapting or creating a new baseline at, say, age 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever age it might be, creating a new baseline at that point does that sort of neglect or ignore the, the maybe the damage to the HBA axis or the adrenal glands or the adrenal fatigue that might already be underlying as a result of not being very adaptive to stress in the decades before? A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. I mean, that we, we do need to repair that. Um, we do need to address that. And I love that you mentioned the HPA axis. Uh, how many how many practitioners actually actually go that high up into the nervous system to address the root cause of problems? Uh, so absolutely right. I mean, you, you've got to, it's kind of like addressing the deficiency uh, before you go into uh, feeding the body with, with, you know, you've got to come back to that baseline. Um, a lot of a lot of stress. So, so, so if I was, I, I kind of like to break stress into these three stages. You know, when you're first stressed out, uh, I remember being in Iran and they would drop bombs on us and we would hear the whistle of the bomb. And we, we always wondered, is that, is that bomb going to land on my head or is it going to be a block away? Cause that whistle is getting louder and it looks like it's coming closer, but it's so high pitched. You can't tell where the bomb is going to land. You think about that amount of stress, but now our, our listeners have, are going through their stresses. They have bombs pop exploding around them as well. And, and so that initial stage of stress is when your body craves a lot of sugar because you need that energy, right? So those are the people who are like, oh, I need sugar, I need sugar. And, and they, they feed themselves with, with like, uh, you know, 
the basic carbohydrates, which is which is sugar and candy and chocolate and so on. But now if they stay in that state of stress longer, let's say they're at a job that's stressful every day, they've been at that job for several months to a year, now their body is also craving triglycerides because it needs more than just the sugar. So in that second stage of stress, they're craving things that have fat and sugar. So you're thinking donuts and ice cream. And you know, if you're if you're listening to this going, why am I always craving ice cream and donuts? Well, that's exactly why. You've been in stress for longer than that. And there's different things we need to address for that person versus the person who's exhausted. Right. So initially you're wired in the second stage, you're wired and tired. So you feel tired, but you can't fall asleep because your mind is just running nonstop in the third stage. That's the exhausted person. That's the person who starts watching a movie and 10 minutes into the movie, they doze off. That's the person who sits in church and can't pay attention. Their head's bobbing because they're dozing off or they sit in the classroom. They sit in an amazing seminar like your seminars, you know, and they can't pay attention because they keep falling asleep the minute they sit down. That's the person who not only still has the cravings for the sugar and the fat, but they're also craving salt now. They, they want the pretzels and the potato chips on top of the ice cream and the donuts. And they still like the, you know, M&Ms also. I mean, so, so yeah. So someone like that, if we just kind of say, okay, now start, you know, start moving forward. No, you're right. We've got to address a whole lot of things, deficiencies, toxicities, repair, regeneration, bring them back to baseline and then move forward. And I guess that that pretty much comes back to the fundamental logic that we started with, which is addressing both sides of the coin, the detoxification or repair of past problems and the introduction of appropriate nutrients moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And, and I firmly believe they can't do it on their own. Um, I'm a fan of having a coach all the time. I'm a fan of having someone consulting you, guiding you, helping you, you know, and, and so, so if, if our, if our listeners, yeah, you're going to get some good knowledge from listening to this podcast that you can apply right now, but you really need that one-on-one guidance. And I highly recommend them, you know, if there's a chance to get in touch with you, Maddie, to like, you know, use you, use your knowledge. Cause you can, you can give them specific to them advice. And, and I, I, you know, you mentioned that you do that already for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, t- I couldn't agree more with you. I totally agree because one thing, I guess that no matter what I talk about and like at the, at the retreat in New Zealand that I talked, I talked on stress, I talked on uh, feeding and fasting windows and, you know, insulin response. And I talked on um, diet and water, water intake and the, the sort of hierarchy of needs in the body, all of these things that I talk on. And it's probably the same for you, but I find comes back fundamentally, no matter what the context to belief systems, whether it's belief systems about food, whether it's myths that you were told as a child by your parents about food or about sleep or the importance of this or that. It's about the fundamental belief systems. And it's I've never spoken to an audience and, and there's probably not a single list of this podcast that didn't yeah. know that fruits and vegetables were a good idea and you know sleeping eight hours a night's good it's right. it's belief systems and you cannot change those or it's very very difficult to change those without psychological support like by a coach or somebody to coach you through the process of deconstructing old belief systems and reconstructing new ones very well put i agree 100 percent. yes so yeah i totally agree that um doing the work with someone is what people need to do. And yeah, I'm the same. You know, I I see people as well. Self-diagnosing is is definitely a bad thing to do. So, and, you know, for business and all those types of things, having a coach is super important. But on the side of what people could implement as little sort of tips and tricks from an expert such as yourself on managing stress, what are a couple of things that maybe the listeners could start with uh, working with in their own lives? 
you, you know, one, one of the most powerful tools is music. Music is so incredibly powerful. You, you know, if you've ever been at a wedding where like a, a popular song comes on, you see some people who just looked like they couldn't get out of their chair if they wanted to. But the minute that song comes on, they fly out of their chair. They throw their arms in the air. They turn into some, <laughs> yeah. some you know, a jungle monkey doing a dance and jumping up and down excited. You know, it was the music that did it for you. Uh, and I, I think if you if you had this one song that puts you in a nice, positive state of mind, you should listen to that song every day and if it loses its power find a different song but once a day listen to your favorite song another one is um like i said mentioned earlier inhale is sympathetic which is fight or flight and exhale is parasympathetic if you just make sure that twice a day you take 10 deep breaths where you inhale for let's say a count of five and your exhale is a count of 10 your exhale is twice as long as your inhale that you shift your body from fight or flight into rest and digest or rest and repair as i like it um Another one is sunlight. You know, we've, we've been told sunlight is bad for you, but then when you when you're exposed to sunlight, your skin will turn cholesterol into vitamin D, and and serotonin is released and balanced in your brain, and and it can help your mood, and it can help your physiology and 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 mentality and everything else. So those are you know three things. Um, uh, another one is just uh, just just a brisk walk, exercise, just move, you know, park at the end of the parking lot and walk, uh, take the stairs when you're going up two flights. So just just move your joints, whatever you don't use, uh, guaranteed, you're going to lose the less you do, the less you're going to be able to do. And, uh, I, you know, it, it, it's it's simple things, you know, eat, eat properly. Uh, everyone knows that. Uh, uh, don't drink coffee uh, within six hours of going to bed. Uh, common sense, but but we do it. And by the way, if if you can drink coffee and still go to bed, you're in adrenal fatigue, and and there's a problem there. Don't don't say, oh, I can drink a whole cup of coffee with dinner and go to sleep. That's not a good thing. There's something wrong there. Now, I I honestly, everything you're saying, it's great. Like it really aligns with exactly what I do with my own clients, and I have on my own online program. So, yeah, I feel really aligned with uh, everything that you're saying, and I feel like we could do a bunch of different episodes. Um, but just so the listeners know where to find you, where can they um, track you down online? Uh, MidAtlanticClinic.com, and uh, our YouTube channel is M A C C, and the word Health H E A L T H, and. Uh, um, you know, through the office, you can contact me if you ever need to ask questions or whatever. You can email us at frontdesk at midatlanticclinic.com. I'll be happy to answer your emails. And then my book, The Stress Proof Life, is found on Amazon. And we talk about the simple seven in that seven simple things that are going to help you increase your adaptation to uh, to the stress in your life. Yeah, that sounds great. And for all the listeners, I will put all of those details in the show notes below this. So just head down there to click on the links to find Dr. Rashidian. He's obviously amazing. And I really hope that he wants to jump on here for a few more episodes because I think we can, um, We I feel like we could talk for ages, mate. I would love to and I would enjoy that very much. And I've enjoyed this very much. So thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. And before we wrap up, I like to ask this question of all my guests. Um, so, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? The power of the mind and, and, and visualizing good things. You know, uh, athletes do it all the time. Figure skaters who win Olympic gold medals visualize their routine before they get on the ice. Um, uh, what, what if we visualized how everything's going to go before we did it? I believe the body responds to what we have in our head and there's there's a physical physiologic response to every thought 
that's that's in your brain. So you know, love, peace, joy, uh, kindness, goodness, gentleness, patience, uh, self-control, all, all these things, the, they call those the fruits of the spirit. They're, they're in your mind. That, and and, and when, when you fill yourself with that, you cannot allow the bad stuff in. You, you keep, your, keep your heart and your mind filled with the good so that the bad can't come in. It's, it's when, 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 when you're idle, that's, that's, when, that's when the bad stuff can come in there. So just consciously visualize, visualize yourself healthy, visualize yourself able see yourself in the state you want to be in not your lack but your amazing powers that god our creator put into you to be able to respond to stress to be able to handle it believe that you can overcome if you believe it you have a higher probability of succeeding and the minute you say i can't well then you're done you already quit you gave up before you tried visualize good things yeah i think it was henry ford that said uh whether you can or you can't you're right yeah, yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah, wonderful. Now, I couldn't agree more with that. I'm, I'm, as I just said before, I'm all about belief and the mindset. So, I totally agree. But I just really wanted to thank you for jumping on the show. I think, yeah, I think what you've got to share is amazing. And I think everybody can benefit from it. So, I can't wait to get this episode out. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much. You, you've been an amazing host. I, I really, really enjoyed your questions, enjoyed speaking to you. And yeah, absolutely. If it's possible, I'd love to come back. Awesome. No worries. Well, thanks again for your time. We'll catch you soon. You got it. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.